Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome. Happy Sunday. So glad that you're here joining us. A heartfelt thank you for choosing Portland Center for Spiritual Living as your source of spiritual nourishment this week. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome right here. And today we are beginning a new exploration of Pima Chodron's Welcoming the Unwelcome. This book is heralded as, quote, an open-hearted call for human connection, compassion, and learning to love the world just as it is during these most challenging times, unquote. Love is all around, and love is to be revealed. And when I think of an act of grace in challenging time and difficult circumstances, I think of the courage that each of us is demonstrating as we mark the one-year anniversary of pandemic-related quarantine for our spiritual community. And I want to express a special thank you to each of you for embracing virtual spiritual community to our ecclesiastical team for adapting to serving online, to our ministers while delivering the message. And together, we are all holding steadfast to our spiritual community in these challenging times and difficult circumstances. So I say thank you. And as we mark this one-year anniversary, I am in awe of the divine right order that today we commence a series designed to help us accept what is and open up to new possibilities by letting go and releasing resistance. For me, it appears this month we will be strengthening and reinforcing our ability to choose the manner in which we respond in these uncertain times with greater and greater acceptance of all that is with the light of hope dawning for the coming together again in our sanctuary, let's shift our attention to today's message, the fine art of failure. And when I think of fine art, I have a personal story. Early in my career, I owned a decorating service that specialized in art and accessories. And one of my all-time passions was to having pieces of art that people had and going to a modern framer and selecting the perfect mat and frame. What I learned in that experience is that it's really the marriage of two forms of art. There's the piece of art and there is the matting and framing. One can have a beautiful piece of art, but with the wrong mat and frame, its beauty is diminished. And so too with the matting and framing. It can be beautiful, but placed on an inappropriate piece of art diminishes its beauty. So I'm thinking in terms of today's message that our life is that beautiful piece of art, and that the art of failure is like a mat and frame because failure goes hand in hand with success, just like a mat 
and a frame creates a beautiful piece that we cherish and treasure as we place it in our home, in our offices, as an accessory, something beautiful to be admired. So I would want us to think that failure, the art of failure, is a perfect accompaniment to success. So to demonstrate the mastery of the fine art of failure, selecting the perfect mat and frame, I like to think of three additional arts. One is the art of loss, honoring our brokenheartedness. The second is the art of vulnerability, surrendering to love. And the third is the art of pearlizing, transforming failure into wholehearted living. So let us begin with the art of loss. When we think of times as they are, many of us have experienced a lot of loss. For new possibilities to emerge though, there must be space for this newness to bloom. New possibilities cannot possibly emerge in cluttered, crowded spaces. And that includes our mind and our heart. We must be willing to release and allow loss to flow through us. And oftentimes, that new opening of our mind and heart is the result of a loss. It could be the loss of a job, loss of a relationship, loss of health, loss of a pet, certainly in these pandemic times, loss of a lifestyle, loss of life, loss of freedom of mobility, and maybe the loss of any perceived control we thought we had. These losses can bring emotional pain. However, it is our natural tendency to seek happiness and to protect ourselves from pain and to push away those uncomfortable feelings of grief, anger, fear, doubt. And oftentimes we place a mask, the mask of everything is just fine. And in science of mind, we call that a spiritual bypass. In Welcoming the Unwelcome, Pima Chodron helps us remember the very act of ignoring feelings we experience during times of loss is harmful. She's very blunt about it. She states, quote, putting so much effort into protecting our hearts from pain hurts us over and over again. Shielding ourselves from the vulnerability of living beings, which includes our own vulnerability, cuts us off from the full experience of life. Our world shrinks. So when we choose to master the art of loss by honoring our brokenheartedness, we allow our heart and mind to fully awaken to its deepest nature, which our author describes as, quote, fundamentally open-hearted, open-minded, and available to all others. So mastering the art of loss, honoring our brokenheartedness, expands our capacity to do several things. One, to be in the presence of suffering without turning away. 
to deepen our understanding of where suffering comes from and to make a conscious choice to release anything that blinds us to our innate wisdom and warm-heartedness. And mastering the art of loss by honoring our brokenheartedness also opens our heart and mind to infinite possibilities because we're making space for new beginnings. And as we open space, our natural ability for heart-to-heart connections can occur. In so doing, we increase our ability to empathize with and be in service to others. The space where we stand becomes the presence of healing because we are being our true nature, open-hearted, open-minded, and available to all others. So part of the art of failure is mastering the art of loss by honoring our brokenheartedness. It also includes the art of vulnerability, surrendering to love. And our author is very succinct in her definition of failure. She says, it is when things don't work out the way we want them to. When things don't work out the way we want them to. She tells us that when we fail, we feel our vulnerability in raw and powerful ways, including our ego's natural tendency to resist what is. And she describes two primary methods of responding to our raw vulnerability. And she also offers a third alternative, which is very much in alignment with the science of mind teachings. So the most common response she shares is our desire to blame our failure on something outside of ourselves. So for example, a relationship fails, it's the other person's fault. And I just have to ask, is there anyone else who's ever had the thought, if you would just get your act together, everything would be just fine? I know I've had that thought. And so it, that's that tendency to want to blame and place the failure or the undesired outcome on someone else. It could be that when we're seeking a job, we blame a potential employer for not receiving that job, or we blame other candidates, we blame society as a whole, maybe we blame the economy, the political situation, and again, we blame our failure or our perceived failure on something outside of ourselves. The second most common response is we feel bad about ourselves and label ourselves as a failure. We develop a belief system based on unworthiness, not good enough, and that becomes a mighty magnet that simply draws more and more of the undesired condition to us. In essence, we become a magnet for the very failure we are wanting to avoid. And our author tells us that in both of these common responses, blame 
and feeling bad about ourselves, we are on a pathway to feeling that there's something fundamentally wrong with us. But here's the light. She does offer a third way to respond when things don't work out the way we want them to. She shares with us to simply feel what we feel. She states, quote, If we can go beyond blame and other escapes and just feel the bleeding, raw meat quality of our vulnerability, we can enter a space where the best part of us comes out. Love, wanting to be revealed. This third response of simply allowing ourselves to feel what we feel is so in alignment with Science of Mind teachings. In 365 Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes, the founder of religious science, states, it is not the particular negative experience we have gone through in the past that destroys our happiness, but rather our emotional reaction to those experiences carried in the reservoir of our memory. There is just as real an infection of the mind as there is in any part of our physical body. So in Science of Mind teachings, we learn that principle is not bound by precedent and that we do have an inheritance of the creative power of our creator. We are always at choice. We are not able to control events, yet we are always able to control our responses, which does influence our outcomes. So Ernest Holmes also states, the reactions of today are prophetic of what we will experience tomorrow. So when we choose to feel raw vulnerability, to allow it to flow through us rather than resisting by blaming or feeling unworthy, we are entrusting the outcome to a beneficent creator, one that is always working on our behalf. So a formula for mastering the art of vulnerability by surrendering to love is E plus R equals O, where E equals an event, R equals a conscious response, and O equals an outcome. And in making this choice, we realize that there is good everywhere, that all the presence there is and all the power there is is immediately available and responsive to our acceptance of it. And in accepting our partnership with the infinite, we master the vulnerability by surrendering to love. For love is the essence of all that is, and thereby we enter that space that Pima Chodron describes as the space where the best part of us comes out. So mastering the art of vulnerability.
And that leads me to our third art in the art of failure, the art of paralyzing, transforming failure into success or into wholehearted living. And so this is a true story about transforming a humiliating work experience into a golden nugget, into what I would call a pearl of wisdom. And several years ago, when I was co-owner of a consulting service, one of our clients was a major healthcare center. That national center made the decision to bring therapeutic laughter to their nationwide centers. It was a big account. And so the very first training was held at what I call the mothership. It was a lovely state-of-the-art facility. And day one, the training went super, super well. And on day two, I was with the director of psychoneuroimmunology, big title, right? Mind, body, spirit. And she was showing me around this lovely, lovely facility. And we got to an area that she said, now this is the... Um, family lounge and she said there's a research library here and she showed me this whole bank of computers that people had access to where they could research different medical procedures and then we moved into this area and there was this massive whiteboard. I mean, it was massive and it was filled with all kinds of lovely messages. And she said, well, this is where family members can write notes of encouragement. Well, in the far right-hand corner, I looked up and I saw two lines written in all caps. It was RIP DONNA. And in my exuberant state of, oh, this is an encouragement message board, I said, wow, someone is really sending Donna a lot of encouragement today. I'm thinking, let her rip, Donna. There was this silent pause, and as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I went, oh. That was rest and peace. But fortunately, I think that the director of psychoneuroimmunology was way ahead of us on the season for peace and nonviolence and our theme for today of graciousness. For she smiled and she said, and she started to laugh, and she said, well, that would certainly be one way of looking at it. And we started laughing. There was that silent pause, we started laughing, and in that moment of vulnerability, we both stayed present with each other. It was heart-to-heart -heart connection. And the moment passed, and we went on to a very, very successful training outcome. But now I want to bring an even deeper understanding of that experience. And this is the experience of paralyzing that seeming failure, that gaff in front of a major client, paralyzing that. When I discovered science of mind and learned about the principle of eternality of life, there was something in me that automatically said yes to that. And when I enrolled in Holmes Institute, it was not 
with the purpose of becoming a licensed minister. The purpose was to deepen my understanding of spiritual principle so that I could share that with others so that they too could transform their life using spiritual principles. Being a minister was kind of that came with the master's degree. And so what I realized as I deepened my understanding of spiritual principle, there was something within me, in, within my intuitive nature, that recognized what I learned in practitioner training called living in the and, as I was standing in front of that whiteboard. That yes, in our human experience, there is that sense of loss, that sense of rest in peace. And from a soul's perspective, that perspective, eternal life, there is that celebration of a grand new adventure. And so I realize now that what may seem like a mistake or a gaffe is really a part of a beneficent creator helping us to go deeper, to understand our true nature. It truly is the art of pearlizing by transforming seeming failure into wholehearted living. So let's just take a recap of where we've been today. Pima Chodron, our brand new series, Welcoming the Unwelcome. In the art of failure, we've looked at three specific arts that help us to master the art of failure. We looked at the art of loss, of actually honoring our brokenheartedness. We looked at the art of vulnerability, where we're open to surrendering to love. And we looked at the art of pearlizing, transforming mistakes, errors, failures, into wholehearted living. In this way, we remain open-hearted, we remain open-minded, and we remain available to all others. So I'd like to close today with a reading from our book, as well as a prayer. So our author shares, the world is astoundingly full of potential for further and further and further opening experiencing it wider and wider and wider. When we learn how to hold the rawness of vulnerability in our hearts, we will be able to experience our minds and our hearts as vast as the universe. Let us pray. In this now moment, bringing our full attention, our full awareness to this now moment, recognizing that this now moment is truly all there is. That all there is, all that is seen and unseen, fully available right here, right now. Recognizing that one power, that one presence, the one mind of infinite possibility and infinite potential, expressing in, through, and as its beloved creation.
And I know that I am of this one mind of infinite potential. My life is of the one life. There is no separation. And as it is true of me, I know it is true of every person that this message touches. I know that each is an individualized expression of the one and that the one is truly the silent partner of each and every being. And so I claim and affirm a willingness to open mind and heart to the art of loss, to honor any feelings of our brokenheartedness, to allow it to be, to remain open to it, to feel it, to allow it to flow through. And I claim and affirm the art of vulnerability, allowing ourselves to feel the rawness, to feel exactly what we're feeling. No spiritual bypass, simply honoring and acknowledging that this is the human response to a situation. And I also claim and affirm the art of pearlizing. Taking all that is, being grateful for every single aspect of our life, knowing that each life is a masterpiece, each life is art, and that in this art, there is that opportunity to mat it, to frame it, with seeming failure, which leads to success, which leads to the deep, deep understanding that love is all around and ready to be revealed. For I claim and affirm a willingness to accept the truth of self, that each person is love, each person is loving, and each person is loved. And so I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is. God is love, fully expressing in, through, and as all its creation. And I place my word into the activity and action of the law, that law that always says yes. And so together we say, and so it is. And so I thank you for choosing to be here today. And now is a time of conscious giving. We are so grateful for all that you have given and how you've continued to support us over this past year, even though we haven't been able to come together in our sanctuary. So there are several ways in which you can make your contribution. You can go to our website and there is a donate button and you can simply make that as your donation. The second way would be that we are still accepting actual mail. So we've got mail in the form of a check. And again, the uh, address it to Portland Center for Spiritual Living and the address to mail it to is on the website. So 
And you can also use the app Tithely to make your contribution. Just know that we are ever so grateful for your support. And we are so grateful that you are choosing Portland Center for Spiritual Living as your source of spiritual living. And on behalf of the Portland Center for Spiritual Living, accepting these gifts, knowing that as we pay our bills and contribute to our community, that these gifts of love go out into the world to create a world that works for everyone. I also want to invite you to be sure to use the prayer support that is available to you through our ecclesiastical team. So if there is a situation where you're having a challenge transforming that situation, be sure to submit a prayer request. As soon as that prayer request is received online, it immediately goes to our ecclesiastical team and we pray on that for the rest of the week. So please allow us to support you through prayer. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.